do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it's Wake Up With KC and you know me, you never know who I'm going to have on my show. And this episode's very special because I am an animal lover. So this interview is especially for you animal lovers out there. And I have a special guest David Beatty, who wrote a book about superpowers and this spiritual connection between a boy and a dog. And he joins us today. David, welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, I'm, you know, we met through Steve. Right. And he mentioned about how you wrote this book and you've been writing short stories, poetries, plays, and even screenplays mm -hmm. for what, over four decades now? Yeah, <laughs> four decades. <laughs> so I find it fascinating, but I'd really like to know what inspired you to write. Please share about your new book and what inspired you to write, write it. Well, it's called Chowder and Bat. And it's the story of a uh, boy and an almost human and his almost human dog bat, and they live in a cave, in a post-apocalyptic world, without electricity, cell phones, anything. Only they don't know because everything's provided for them by the cave. They have this idyllic life until these uh, two men come to kidnap him, and then there's a tragic thing that happens, and then. Uh, he goes on a uh, journey to find out who he is, but he's not alone. <laughs> so he meets all kinds of friends, ex-rock and rollers, Australian, you know, an Aborigine who has a Tasmanian tiger, a spiritual guide and a spiritual, you know, uh, talisman. He's a Tasmanian tiger. Just It's just hopefully a really interesting read that talks about a boy and his dog and the love they have for each other very special love. Well, what inspired you to write it? Well, we had a dog, I, this picture. This is Bat. <laughs> this is Rembrandt, our dog, who we dearly loved, and we rescued him. And he uh, he was the inspiration for, for Bat because that's what Bat looks like, of course. And, and he passed away. But since I don't believe any dogs ever die, I don't believe we die, I know there's a rainbow bridge. Um, I know that for sure in my heart. But I thought, you know, what would happen? I had promised my wife and daughter a science fiction book, and I waited and waited and waited years and years and decades. And finally I said, I've got to write a book that they will enjoy that has dogs in it. And then I had a dream about a boy named Shouter and his dog Bat living in this cave. And I thought, well... I guess I better write this. <laughs> so, so that was the inspiration for the book. And plus, Bat. I used to, his name was Rembrandt, but I always called him Bat. I said, "Oh, Bat, you're a good boy, Bat." You know, and he sounded like a Wookie. You could get him up and play with him, and he sounded like Chewbacca. 
It was an amazing dog. And when he died, well, it was, it was really hard. And we've lost dogs, I and mean, they've all been rescues. And uh, I wanted to use him in this book. Wow, you mentioned that you had a dream. Do you think it was a very symbolic, like a higher, your higher self, uh, your spiritual, you know, guides were like guiding you and saying, okay, you've been wanting to write this book and here you go. Absolutely. It's absolutely what happened. And I, and I know that's true. And then the most interesting thing happened a week after Rembrandt died. Of course, we were destroyed. And, and Kathy, my wife, Kathy, was sitting in a chair. She was really sick, and they, she had strep throat, of all things. And she was really sick, and, I, and I'd been up all night trying to take care of her. And so I finally said, I went to bed. And she was out in our living room in, this, in our lazy boy chair. And she said she felt this pressure, like paws, go on her legs. And she said, oh, I'm dreaming. I'm just dreaming. What's happening, the pressure got stronger, and it got stronger, and then she said she felt a lick all over her face. And she woke up, and she thought, it's Rembrandt. She couldn't see him, but she knew he was there. And we've had several experiences like that with Rembrandt. You know, you could hear his tags coming down the hallway. We could feel him in Disneyland. There's this creepy place. It's now the Anaheim Garden Walk, but it was this creepy place. And um, we would walk from Disneyland after we were done, and we would hear the jingle of tags, and we knew Rembrandt was there when we got to this creepy spot. You know, it was just this really open area, and it was, ugh, <laughs> you know, and we would always hear the tags, and we would always feel like Remy was there. And wow. once I thought I saw him, <laughs> kind of, you know, flying by. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. It really was. So we, I've all, I teach this and talk about it, you know, on other, with other guests that, you know, we are spiritual beings. Yep. We're divine beings. We are. Spiritual beings inside of a human being, but we're taught we're separate. Right. From that. And I think now is the time that we reconnect to it. Oh, I agree. It, and I've had some spiritual experiences that you just can't even describe. I know. Words, I know. You know, and I've always felt, and they, and would it be safe to say that, you know, when you're, when we're children and animals, they don't know any better mm -mm. of the, the spiritual realm. Like heaven is on earth and what we perceive it to be, we create it. Mm-hmm. And when we're children, then when we start to question what we're seeing, what we're hearing, we're told, oh, no, there, there's no such thing. That's your imagination and all that. And it sort of diminishes that connect. That's how we disconnect. Exactly. From our I, supernatural yeah. gift of being that divine spiritual being. You couldn't have put it better. And animals, they you they don't you can't tell the animal. Oh, you didn't see that. You're just <laughs> mad. they don't know. And, they don't. and they can see our energies. Yeah, they can. 
and they know a negative energy between a positive energy. They're empaths all the way. I think all dogs are empaths. Uh, I think there's like every animal is probably an empath. And oh, it's yeah. funny because when I'm around animals, they just drawn to me and I'm like, hi, how are you? <laughs> Isn't that great? Meet <laughs> you. Yeah. You're like, hey, how's it going? You know, and you can swear that they understand everything you're saying to them, which they probably do. And, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And I believe that we can telepathically communicate with them if we just connect our spiritual essence to their, it's like soul to soul, spirit to spirit. And I believe that's how it was at one time if you look back in history. Oh, what a, yeah, I, I've never really looked at it quite that way, but I, I agree with you. Absolutely. It agree. just makes sense. So now I just try to practice telepathically to communicate yeah, what they're saying. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, what an amazing gift that you have that that few people have. And, and uh, we need those kind of gifts, especially for all of our pets, horses, dogs, cats. It doesn't matter. They have souls and they have... They have a beginning and an end, but they don't really have an end because they go to the Rainbow Bridge. I, I'm totally convinced of that. My favorite movie is All Dogs Go to Heaven. You know, I love that Burt movie. Reynolds. Yeah. And, oh, you my know, God. You cannot cry. Sidekick. It was, oh, my God. What, who was his sidekick? They played in um, Smoking the Bandit when, he had, when they had the elephant. Oh, and I can't remember his name. Oh my God, it just like went blank. But it reminds me of that. And then yeah. Doctor Doolittle. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So it's always nice to see movies that portray that. Hey, you know, we can. We all can talk and communicate with our animals if we get out of the ego. Right. And just connect, pause everything, and just sit with your pet and just love and feel that energy. And eventually it opens up this vortex to where telepathically you would, at first, you probably think you were crazy hearing the communication because you're unfamiliar with it. Sure. But if you hear something that's unfamiliar, just say, okay, this is interesting and just continue on. And then it will, it, it's like a light bulb that goes on that, oh, it's my pet that's talking to me. That's, that's wonderful. And I mean, I'm going to do that. <laughs> she, she, all of our pets talk. Well, Rembrandt did talk. He would make the Wookiee sounds and he, he would actually talk. And our daughters, our grand dog, Tuesday afternoon, she talks, she's, she hoodles. She goes, she's telling you all these things. And I'm going, can I, I understand. I don't understand you, but Hey, keep talking. <laughs> and, and Gracie talks by just laying there with a big smile on her face while you pet her, you know, and then she'll make all these little noises and they're talking to us. They're always talking to us. Yeah. It's just, what are they're, yeah. And, and it, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it is amazing. And then, you know, the, you know, there's people that just don't understand, 
even our kids mimic us and our pets mimic us oh yeah and i think you know now it's like wake up to that to me it's common sense Mm -hmm. you know if you want a good dog then be a good you know owner to that animal because I believe that there's nothing of an accident. Nothing is of an accident. Everything happens. I I don't think there is. And when you just, when you see, you know, it could be a cat, a horse, a dog, Mm -hmm. a gerbil, anything. When you sense that connection and you choose that, you're choosing it because there's a reason why you two are together. Right. So if you could just love, be kind to your pets, mm-hmm. because there's some people that abuse their pets. I know. And and you want to want to know why? How is your behavior towards it? Because eventually, an animal's instinct is going to the fight or flight mode. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. Yeah. Well, Gracie was, was was saved from a fighting ring. Our our dog that we have now, from a fighting ring. And I think, I think you talk about the intuitive uh, connection, the impact, you know, the uh, like uh, extrasensory perception connection. I believe that. And um, all our dogs have been rescues, and they were all brutalized in different ways. And uh, we just love them and love them and love them. And you could not ask for more wonderful dogs. I mean, of course cats too we've had cats you know and i i'm a horse person i didn't know that <laughs> horses love me and i don't know it was just kind of weird because i've never ridden a horse and and here we're at the lakeport fair we're walking around and i go let's go see the horses and this horse almost knocked the stall down to get to me and i was like uh okay so i went up and started saying what a beautiful horse he was and oh you're just gorgeous and you're wonderful and he kept nibbling my hair and then he tried to get out and i said oh no no don't don't knock down your stall i mean you don't belong to me i I wish i could have took him home because uh his owner was less than kind to him Mm -hmm. you know i saw that later she's like what are you doing with that other other person you know and she's like anyway it's like when did i get a horse whisperer thing going on but i can see a horse and they'll come right up to me half well, the time i met the man that was a, a horse that's a horse whisperer <sighs> and i was doing a video i was actually the camera person and had a, an opportunity to where he did a demonstration and i for the life of me i can't remember his name but my dad always talked about the horse whisperer and then i think it was robert redford that played the movie the horse whisperer yeah yeah i saw that movie with scarlett johansson yeah and i was just like blown away i got to talk to him and he goes it's just that connection we all have it it's Mm -hmm. choosing to be open-minded and open-hearted mm-hmm. and studying the, 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 the body language of the animal. Mm-hmm. And I was just like blown away. 
I would have loved that. And animals have feelings too. Oh yeah. They get sad. They get angry. They mm -hmm. get, you know, they have feelings. They do. And I've always like, I'm always looking at like, I have, we've adopted this feral cat. And when we first showed up, it would stay at its distance. We'd yeah. see him and I'd be like, Hey, kitty, kitty. You know, now I say goofy, buddy, soggy, <laughs> because, you know, just the way his personality is. <laughs> and he starts getting closer. And then he's been inside, you know, our place for about 20 minutes is the tops. Then he'll go to the door and say, okay, I'm done. All right, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's saying, I've got my cat things I have to go do. And, you know, so but they it's have all about personality love. too. All animals have a personality. I find fascinating. Well, and and they're so it's such they're all so different. When you talked about the the uh, that your ability to uh, to communicate with animals like extrasensory perception is is, is what it is, I guess. And you know it's a special gift. But you know that's what Shouter has with Bat. They can talk to each other in their own in their minds. I mean, Bat is more than a dog much much more than just a dog and of course shouter is much much more than just a boy in the in this in the book but uh they just talk to each other and shouter can talk to this crow named emissary crow who comes in and, and just tells him off and why are you doing this and this journey's dangerous and you shouldn't be doing this and it's i don't know where i've always felt that like what you're talking about i've always felt that we can communicate with the animals as long as we just love them, like you said. Well, exactly what you said. Be open and love them, and it's it's astounding what and can happen. And not only that, David, but what if now I'm talking about history with the Native American Indians? Mm -hmm. They always had a symbolic meaning with every animal. And they, they treated them like spirit guides. Yes. So I believe we all have guardian angels and yep. spirit guides. Yep. And what if our spirit guides show up as an animal? It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> because and now it, I do look like ever since I, I asked that question, you know, studying history about, you know, the there's like an ant, animal totem you know, spirit guide that like, when you see this certain kind of animal show up, look at the meaning because there's a message. So I right. wondered, like, when we get these uh, these animals as pets and we get that spark of that instinctive, like, wow, there's something to this. I want this dog I'm bringing home or yes. this cat or this, you know, whatever the animal is. What if that was a divine appointment that this is your spirit guide. It's just an animal to help guide you and give you healing, you know, whatever it is in this, that phase of your, you know, in that time that you needed something and it showed up in that form. That's right. Well, when we, when we got Annie Oakley, she was uh, our daughter's first real dog and she was a beautiful dog and she was a big we wanted a little dog so we go to the uh, shelter and this dog keeps putting his paw on my hand and i'm like 
oh, this is a huge dog. You know, it's a golden retriever mix and blah, blah, gigantic dog. I can't have that in there. The, the attendant's kind of grinning at me, and he walks off, and Kathy goes, this dog still putting his hand on your on you. And I go, no, we can't have a big, oh, shoot. And the third time was like, you're coming home with us. He cho- She chose us. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, what a wonderful dog. I mean, they. I think the dogs and animals, they choose us. We have to be open, like you said, and love. And say, oh, yeah, here, come on in. <laughs> like the feral cat. <laughs> and they're, they're very therapeutic. Yes. They have a healing element. And I know from a cat that purring sound, it sends out a vibration and frequency of healing. To a, If a cat comes and starts purring and you hear that sound, it uh-huh. is actually broadcasting healing because healing comes from sound and frequencies and vibrations. I didn't know that. I, I, I read an article about that. And I was like, that so makes sense. It does. It does. It totally does. And it's like, so he'll come, the cat that we have, we call him Goofy. He'll come <laughs> and uh, he'll come right to me first. And, you know, my partner, he's he gets a little jealous at times. He goes, see, he don't like me anymore. And I'm like, don't just, yes, he does. It's just he needs my attention right now. Right. So I'll hear him purr, and I'm like, okay, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you feel better. There have been too. studies and research done about the healing effects that cats have on human beings. They feel calmer. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I mean, that's no wonder my, my, my daughter has cat and, and dogs. She's always mm-hmm. had a cat. I, I don't seem to connect with cats the way I do with dogs. I mean, I like them, but, but Madison, his name was James Madison the first, and we called him Maddie. He connected with me, and I really liked him, but I guess I was just right for the littlest times I was raised with dogs, and you kind of, I, I don't know what that is, but my daughter can cross over dog, cat, whatever, because she works at the Humane Society, and so she sees everything. But uh, with me, it's always been a connection with dogs. But but cats, that's neat to know. Yeah, so, it's neat. amazing when I came across that. And then I started seeing, you know, um, videos of it, of people doing research and studies. And I remember seeing a news, um, a news report about this person that studied cats and started this um i guess this organization nonprofit organization um don't quote me on that okay they he would bring people in and there would be cats and then they would just they, you'd hear the sound of the purring and people would calm down so every now and then he'll bring somebody in here just have a seat they wind up falling asleep <laughs> i love that i mean the, the healing power just, of animals yeah and I believe that, like every animal is a spiritual gift in the form that they come in to help humanity. Well, when I was young, see, I was adopted, so 
I was adopted by a half Apache father who didn't want to be have anything to do with the whole Native American thing. But I went and spent a summer with my uncle Charlie, who loved me and I loved him. I loved my dad too, but of course. But he was a full-blooded Choctaw Indian. He was a shaman. Oh, I can't was like, a shaman. <laughs> I was like, what? So he was telling me all this stuff, and I said, "Well, my dad says it's crap, and this and that and the other." And he just grinned at me. He goes, "I love you, Dave, but you know, you'll you'll get it someday." So I'm out playing in Bakersfield. We were in Bakersfield. I was there for like three months and with them, they were the most wonderful people. And uh, I saw this crow and the crow is in distress. And I went over there being a, an idiot with birds, you know, and I just was, I sort of tortured the crow. And that was awful. I can't believe I did that. It's not like me to do that. I sort of like, aha crow, you know, too bad. You know, you're, you're not feeling good, blah, blah, blah. You can't fly. And I have no idea where that came from. My uncle Charlie was watching, and I came in. He goes, "Are you proud of yourself?" I said, "No, <laughs> I feel terrible. What did I do that?" He goes, "You want to go out and help the crow?" I said, "Yeah." So I went out and I tried to help the crow, and it hurt its foot, and I couldn't really do anything for it. But I said, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I didn't, you know, mean it. And I'm I don't know what was wrong with me." And blah blah. So I went back to my Uncle Charlie. He said, well, it's a good thing you patched it up with a crow because the crow is your helping spirit. And I went, what? <laughs> I didn't believe him. And I believe him now because I used to open up our school, and I was the head custodian at a large middle school. And I'd get there at 5 in the morning, and every morning, almost without fail, the crows would be waiting for me, like dozens of them. And they would be talking to me, and I said, okay, I'm going to talk to these to these guys. So I would talk to them, and whatever I said, they seemed to like it. And they would follow me around And when I'm doing my work, and sometimes they would follow me around, and sometimes they wouldn't. But people would say, you talk to the crows. What are you saying? I said, I have no idea, but they seem to like it. <laughs> and the crows, my helping spirits, and it's true. Yeah, you know? I I do believe in that and i do believe in the the shaman way oh yes and they they have a like rite of passage on the shaman side like you have a near-death experience and it's really a rebirth oh wow connecting it's a rite of passage oh. i'm surprised your uncle didn't share that with you <laughs> it was only the three months and he wanted me to stay and he and my father got into it because my dad had been damaged by the war he was in the pacific he wasn't he never he came back he was never the same he saw some unbelievable things un, un, unbelievable things i guess and so my uncle charlie him almost got in a fist fight because he wanted to keep me and i said i can't stay with you i love you guys but this is my mom and dad and so that was kind of hard and and I didn't feel like I belonged anyway, because when you're adopted, the other cousins, oh, you're not really blood, and you're just, you know, scum. And, you know, they were just kids being mean, like kids do. Mm -hmm. so I asked my uncle Charlie, I said, well, I don't really belong, you know, I'm not, I'm not an Indian. You know, in that day, you said Indian. They never said Native American. It was, you know, we're Indians. And I said, I'm not an Indian. I'm just, I don't belong anywhere. And he got really upset with me. He never got upset. He got really upset with me, and he said, when when we adopt you, you belong to us. 
and he goes, you are part of the tribe. I couldn't believe it. He goes, what do you think I'm trying to get you to stay here for? Because I love you, you stupid kid. <laughs> but he didn't. He told me things, but they were a little over my head. I was only 15. But I think a lot of the things he told me, I, I tried to understand it, but I didn't have the emotional maturity then to understand what he was trying to impart to me. No, but he was communicating it to your soul, planting the seed to where in the yeah. right divine timing it right. went back to you, to your memory. And it has. I still have the dreams, but sometimes I'll see my Uncle Charlie and he'll say, you know, I love you, kid. What's Why didn't you come stay with us? <laughs> and he said, well, let's go beyond that. And sometimes I just dream about him. Showing me about the crows. He's always got a crow on his arm in some of the dreams. He's always got a crow on his arm. What and if it, it's really not a dream? What if you were astral projecting and having a spiritual soul-to-soul connection? That's, that's probably what it is. I, I, I never looked at it that way. <laughs> that's probably what it is, which would explain the painting that, oh. Yeah. But, well, there was, uh, if I may share with you, there was my wife's an excellent artist. And she was painting a painting called The Halloween Tree. She was having a lot of problems with it, and she was almost done with it. And I put it in my office because I loved it so much. And uh, I was friends with Bettina Bradbury on Facebook. We had never met in person. I wish we had. And uh, Ray Bradbury's daughter. And so... One day, I had this strong feeling. I was in here writing. I had this strong feeling the painting was sitting right here on an easel, Halloween tree. Of course, that was one of Ray Bradbury's most famous stories. And I just felt like somebody was in here, and I smelled hot chocolate. It was an overpowering sense of hot chocolate. Well, Matita loved hot chocolate. And I smelled white shoulders. And it was really strong. And I said, well, that's weird. I must be, you know, having a hallucination or something. No, that's a spiritual gift. Yeah, it, it, smell is it's it a clear something and i can't remember offhand what it is but it's when you can smell things like earth, yeah. like i used to do it and wow. sometimes i feel like i still do but i'm like that's weird that isn't that isn't that something so it anyway try, try to wrap it up you know i don't I, sometimes i do go on uh i thought well that's just strange Halloween tree. We visited Disneyland. We went to the Halloween tree because Ray Bradbury was very close friends with Walt Disney. They loved each other. And we, you know, I touched it and said, oh, Bettina, I wish you were here, my friend, blah, blah. Well, that very night, this happened. I went into Kathy and I said, you know, I had the strangest experience. She goes, you smell hot chocolate. She goes, I have this overpowering smell of hot chocolate. I said, yes. So I told her and I said, I smelled the white shoulder. She goes, I smelled that too. I thought it was my mother because her mother wore that. Well, anyway, the next morning I woke up and I was and I was got on Facebook and it was a message from her son that she had you know taken her away another way out. She was gone. And I thought uh and she died she passed away just minutes after what happened. You know, she was passed away and minutes later I was smelling the chocolate, the white shoulders. I swear she came to see the painting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and she goes, oh, that's good. And I said, I wish we could have met, but we will. We will. 
She just went home to her purest form. That's all. That's what she did. That's what she did. And with her dad, my favorite writer, and the reason why I'm a writer is Ray Bradbury. So, so there was a lot of meaning to that. Now, would you agree that every little, like, to me, it's like connecting the dots, mm -hmm. opportunities, uh, synchronicities with people, help you along your path and journey. Yes. If you're open to receiving. Yes. Yes, and, I, I would totally agree. And there is, like, to me, it's not just people, it's animals, too. Of there course. was a good book that I read, this, The Celestine Prophecy. Oh, and really? It talks about energy and, you know, elevation of frequency and vibration to where we all transcend. And it, it, it's a, you got to read the book. Okay, I will. It, it is fascinating because it's like nothing is of an accident. Everything is synchronicities when you connect energy and then you get that positive energy with a negative energy and how it, it's how it works and how it can affect you and things like that. But it's very key to be aware of, okay, this person has a negative energy mm -hmm. and he's dealing with whatever. Mm -hmm. And you, I just wish those people well. I wish you, you know, I wish you well. I hope right. You soon. And, you know, but it, it's very fascinating about, because I'm all about energy. Mm-hmm and vibrations and frequencies, what we're, what we're projecting out and what we get back. Exactly. What you give out, you're going to get back. So is it going to be positive? Like yeah. attracts like negative attracts negative. That's true. That's true. And I, and I can, I can really relate to that. When I was a young kid, I suffered from severe depressions and, you know, near suicidal depressions. And now it's like, no, no, no. I mean, I don't, it's about the positive. It's about bringing in what's good. It's about kindness and gratitude and and blessing to others. And you know, and, and like you say, when you bless others, you get blessed. <laughs> right. And I think there's because of our upbringing. You know, I go about limited beliefs, mental programmings, and even emotional energetic traumas mm -hmm. that have been passed down yep. through history that we carry that we don't have to carry anymore. And no. then it creates a false identity of who we are. And there's confusion and, you know, the outer environment also contributes to your well-being as well. So once you get clarity and understand and connect who you truly are, it mm -hmm. changes the whole energy, your biochemistry, how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Mm -hmm. We're it the does. creators of our destiny. Yeah. And the captain to our soul. I read that. I actually heard that um, from a book that Oprah Winfrey read. Wow. And that stuck to me. I was like, yeah, we are the masters of our destiny. We are the creator of everything that we experience, knowing mm -hmm. and unknowing. Mm -hmm. We are the captain to our soul. Mm-hmm. So if we want to know what direction to go, where the wind's blowing, why not connect to the soul? Exactly. Exactly. 
Because it never lies. Nope. Nope. And, and it's like the, the dogs. I think they're four dogs. All, all animals are four-legged angels. You know, angels with four paws or four hoofs or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, when I was, I don't, you know, when, I don't know why when I was young I went through so much turmoil with that respect. Maybe it was the adoption thing. Maybe it was my father couldn't, you know, say anything like I love you or I, I'm proud of you. It just never happened. It finally did. When he was dying, it finally did. In fact, in fact, when he was actually dying of cancer, I went into the room and bear in mind his whole life he'd been passing for white. He he didn't believe any of those Native American things or Indian things. And that's what he always told me anyway. So I went into his room and I told him I loved him and he weighed about all about a you know, ninety pounds and he had once been a huge muscular guy. And I said how much I loved him. And he looked at me and he said, David, you have to leave now. And I looked at him, I thought, I have to leave. He goes, you need to get out of here. And, of course, I thought, oh, the ultimate rejection. He's passing on into eternity, and he doesn't even want me in the room. So I started crying. I said, okay, Dad, if that's what you want, I'll leave. And he grabbed my hand, and he goes, you don't understand. He goes, they're coming. And he was crying, and he never cried. And I looked at him, and I was, of course, crying my eyes out. And he said, they're coming. You have to leave. If you are here when they come, they will take you too. And Kathy was crying too, my wife. And I said, who will take me, Dad? He goes, the wild horses. The wild horses are coming for me. You can't be here. And I was like, I mean, I just hit, literally hit the floor. And and I got out, you know, out of there, and, and he 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 truly said they're coming. The wild he horse. Didn't understand the meaning of it. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it was just so spent his whole life not wanting to be who he was because you got beat up, you got persecuted in Oklahoma. If you were, you know, oh you Indian, you know, you got beat up, you got kicked around, you were persecuted. And and you know what? That's sad because you know what? I come from the Cherokee. Do you? Yes. Wow. And the Trail of Tears. The, tra the Trail of Tears. I know that story well. And yeah, and it's sad that, you know, my ancestors, you know, that came to this country where the natives that lived here, resided here, they were prosperous, they were peaceful. Now granted, the tribes had their own little wars between, you know, but that's history repeating itself. Right. Like I even go further back 450,000 years because I asked a question, I question everything. I'm like, well, where did this war and separation and segregation originate? Mm. That's how far back I go. Wow. There's timelines of events that I've come across. I was like, oh, this explains the emotional energetic traumas and history repeating itself. We're still doing it today. I know. I and there's know. no need for it. No, there isn't. But what what happened back in those times, and I'm so sorry that you're 
your dad went through that because of ego, because of yeah. man's ego. Yes. And greed. Right. And power and, man and manipulation. It's precisely. And with how it affected you because of his mindset. Right. You dealt with abandonment. Right. Neglect. Yeah. And a false identity of who you are. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I did. The white horses to me were like the spirit guide. That was his spirit guides coming to bring him home. That's it had nothing to do with them coming to get you. They were. It was. He denied his part of who he was. Right. He and did. that's what that that was his own demon that he was yeah it fighting. was yeah yeah it was and then the war he was not like that until he got back from world war ii i think the things he saw just he never could could uh deal with uh because you can't uh, imagine being killing another human being mm -hmm. then you get trained to go kill another human being I know. It messes up your psyche. It messes you up mentally. Big time. I mean, we were created to, yes, fight for, you know, our food to get, you know, but to kill another human being over something that's false. Mm -hmm. It And your intuitive side, your instincts, no that this is not the way mm -hmm. and you do it anyway you're in a constant battle and you create some demons yes and, and i have friends that came back from vietnam the same way and and it's like what did they do to you i mean oh my gosh but i was asthmatic so they didn't take me. <laughs> well, the, I, I think there was some deception in, in a lot of things that later on got revealed. Yeah. But I, I'm watching right now, remembering Vietnam. I'm watching Vietnam in HD, and I was just like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, there, and, you know, then I don't think they had animals as you know bomb sniffers and whatnot but they created that and trained those dogs mm -hmm. hero dogs yep so and then you got canine dogs you got you know service dogs yeah so they're they're truly amazing gifts and i think we all are a gift yeah we are every one of us and we're all connected with connecting rods that are invisible that nobody can see, but we're all connected, whether we want to believe it or not. <laughs> right. But there are some that can see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they see the animals that have crossed over. They see loved ones. They see angels. They see, I sense, I feel. Yeah. Based on the, the vibrations and the frequencies that I'm receiving, uh -huh. I can I'm now getting better at recognizing which one they are. Right. And it's it's mind blowing, but it's fascinating. And I keep, okay, 
I'm open. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and that's the you know the, that's maybe partly the Cherokee heritage too. It's it's that spirit that it's just a magical, mysterious thing that 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 the native people have and everyone has, but they have a connection to the earth. And I discover, you know, like with the, the crow thing, a connection to the earth, to all the living beings, people, animals, everything. And boy, that was a revelation for me. And it's the most exciting thing. And I still know it's true. I can still talk to crows. I don't wow. know what I'm saying to them, but they will talk to me. I will do that my crow thing. And Kathy said, Years ago, I said, I can talk to crows. And she goes, oh, honey, you know, I mean, you know, are you all right? I said, okay, fine. So we went on a walk, found a crow, started talking to it, and started talking to me, came down, talking to me. And she goes, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> I wish I knew what I was telling them. <laughs> right. But they understand it. Yeah, they do. Even, uh, you know, babies. They understand in their own way. And you talk about mystical and that is, you know, there's philosophers and mystics in our past that wrote things about these experiences that we're experiencing now. Yeah. I'm, but we're yeah. taught that we're separate from that. That's not, that's of either the devil or because it's unfamiliar to them they don't understand it so they just assume it's of the devil stuff and it's really not i know and that that's i think the biggest issue that we have going on today yeah is the is the uh, not understanding what's really really real and going on and the bigotry of saying well no no i can't categorize that so i'll say it's that and it's and it's not. Yes, and it just goes back to the belief system of believing one thing, passing it down for generations, for centuries. Yeah. But the truth is inside us all. It is. Right here. And <laughs> I, I'm the type like, I'd rather have the truth, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, than the lie, the deceit, and the bullshit. Right. Right. Truth is much better. Too long. And that's when I started asking things. And I was like, oh, so that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 The bullshit. I, yeah. I get really tired of it. And the lies. Why lie? I mean, what's what? What good would ever come from lying? Because it's taught. True. True. That's true. It's been taught since the beginning of our origins. Yeah. To be honest, it has been, it is, and it keeps going on. It It's like a vicious circle. It keeps coming until you wake up and realize, oh, that wasn't really true. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you have like these aha or wake up calls. Right. Right. And then that's when that it's like a spiritual awakening. But why wait for a catastrophe or getting a sickness or a disease to have those mo that moment that can transform your life? Why not? Hey, I'd rather have it right now. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'm always asking what's the greatest expression that I can be today because I'm a divine being. Right. Yeah. I and I'm that. connected to the this greater source, divine source, this energy that's invisible that keeps my heart beating, keeps right. my lungs, you know, going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all have a purpose. And yeah, I guess a long time ago when I was all dealing with depression, when I was young and I got over it, of course, but as much as you ever get over it completely, I, I said to myself, well, what if I said to somebody something nice and made their day? And I discovered when I did that, I was not depressed anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do, I do that all the time. And I mean, people will say, oh, there's Dave, he's gone. You know, he's off there talking to somebody, but I'm trying to make their day. I mean, in a, gen a, gen a genuine way. And I'll so, thank you. Way. Yeah, I mean, this coffee's great, thank you. Stopping and saying to somebody, you know, oh, it was a great coffee, or this was a great star drink, or, or, or you know, whatever. It's always appropriate, of course, but it, 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 are, are, aren't we here to do that? I mean, I, they think we are. We're here to encourage each other and love each other and be kind to each other. And I think animals is a tool to yep. help us remember. Yep. Every time you look at a smiling dog's face, boy, there you go. Or cat or, or horse or whatever. Right. Go, I'm right. happy to see you and they know it's, yep. hey, did you forget it's it's dinner time for me? Hello. <laughs> I know. Annie used to bring the bowl and throw it on her feet because she was like the Einstein of dogs. She, Annie Oakley would just bring the bowl and throw it on her feet. Uh, what's what's the deal here? And look at us. Oh, it's dinner time. <laughs> Gracie's too kind. She's too much of a lady. She doesn't do that. We have to keep looking. Oh, you shoot. We got to feed her. You know, it's time to feed her. Always time to feed our girl. You know? <laughs> well, I always, you know, have this motto that I learned from T. Harv Hecker. Change your mind, you change your life. Right. And then I watched, I what was it? Um, I can't remember. I like some comedy movies. There was, um, oh, my God. What was it? With, oh my God. Um, what's his name? Freeman played God. Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I then there was one with Noah. Yeah. That one with uh, the guy that plays the main character in Office. But I I can't remember Steve which Carell. one was this. Uh, the one that played God. I think uh, Freeman played God in that one, too. I think he did, yeah. And he goes, Ark, act of random kindness. Yep. If everybody could do that, it will shift the energy because we're all connected energetically. Yeah, we are. And I honestly think with, I mean, yes, climate change does contribute, but we could sort of change that if we all connect unite because we're connected to this planet we're connected to the stars we're connected to everything yes so we instead are instead of the hatred the violence the separation if we can all do the arc act of random kindness mm -hmm. imagine how that 
energy will shift and change and we'd have better climate. Oh, we would. And, and you're absolutely right. Because I, I can mean, use science to back me up on this. Oh, they would. Yes. And, and, and the amazing thing is kindness. I have a saying, kindness never goes out of style. I mean, and it doesn't. I mean, if you see someone and they look like they're having the worst day of their life, and I've seen a lot of people like that lately, and you could just say, hey, hope you have a really good day, or thank you for the wonderful meal, or, you know, whatever. People will light up, and and they will say, and it, and it always kind of embarrasses me, you made my day, or you, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you came in. And I'm going, oh, oh, oh thanks. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I changed some of my vocabulary. Okay. I, I, I try to eliminate hope. Instead, I go, my wish for you today is that you have a great day. I like that better. Be I like that. Because somebody, I was uh, listening to, to someone on a podcast, and they're like, hope gives a false identity. Because if it doesn't go well, it doesn't mean that it wasn't supposed to happen. Maybe it was a divine timing. When you get the spirituality, hope is a false identity I of see. what your intentions, because you have a good intention. Right. And then you hope it works out. But then if it doesn't, then you're disappointed. And then that's where you mix the intention in that energy of what you're trying to create. Well, that makes perfect sense. I'll say, I no, wish I, you a good day. I wish you well. Yeah, I wish you a good day, or I wish you well. Because I wish if you look in history, they didn't have hope in their vocabulary. That's they true. just said, I bless you. I wish you well on your trip. And goodbye also means good day, goodbye. The good also some is very symbolic, too. True. That's true. That's a really interesting point. And I like that because, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish you well. I wish you well. I wish you a great day. I wish you a great day. I thank you for the wonderful food, and I wish you a great day. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm going to steal right? that. <laughs> well, hey, it's for free. I know. You I know. I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, it was such a pleasure having you join us today. I love these kind of conversations with oh. wonderful beings such as yourself. Oh, I, and I wish you the best of success. Can you share with everybody where they can get your book? Oh, yes. Um, Shouter and Bat is available on Kindle Vela. And if you just go to any search engine, probably, or Amazon.com and just type in Shouter and Bat, it seems to always come up okay right, great. right away and then you can read the first three chapters for free and then after that you, you get tokens and and then you read the rest of it but i'm i'm feverishly trying to finish it because it's 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 the best work i've ever done it really I is. It is. And <laughs> I the best of success in it and in every endeavor that from this day forward you you get involved in and I wish the very same for you. And I am very grateful and very appreciative. And thank you for having me on your show. It means a lot to me. Well, it was a pleasure, David. And thank you again. Okay. Thank you.
Well, there you go. Another inspirational conversation. And we talk about animals, how we're all connected. And it was a pleasure. So if you want to check out his book, just go to Amazon.com, go to any search engine and shout around back. So you never know who I'm going to have next on my show. So stay tuned. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>